Praise the Lord. It is so good to be in God's house again today. Amen. So good to see everyone that is here. I'm looking around. I don't, don't see anybody here who's visiting our church for the first time. But if you're visiting with us today, we're very glad that you're here. Amen. So Sunday school's on right now. So if you're between prep and grade six, you're at the back with Sister Janie and Sister Yadidra, our Sunday school teachers. Praise the Lord. And for the rest of us, we're going to be in adult life class. So why don't we find our seats this morning? Praise the Lord. And we're going to continue on with, with our lesson, amen? We've been talking about our identity in Christ. We've been talking about, um, and I need, to, I need to blank that out, don't I? We've been talking about our identity in Christ and um, our purpose and what God's plan is for our life and how do we discover it. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to continue on in that vein this morning. So if you've got your Bible, why don't you open it up to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Again, it's very good to have Brother Drew back with us. Amen. 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 We miss him greatly when he's not here. Not quite as much as what Sister Debbie does, I'm sure. Nowhere near as much. (laughs) Amen. So we are glad to have him back. And uh, I've tried to tell people to give you a break today, let you get settled in. But next week, we're going to work you hard. (laughs) Well, I'm on the subject of next week. Let me just quickly talk about that. Um, Next week, I'm going to be away. You don't have it? Okay, quick public service announcement. We've got no toilet key, so if someone's taken the toilet key, now would be a wonderful time to find it again. Otherwise, yeah, we're going to be in a spot of bother. Praise the Lord. All right, let's move on. Um, I was talking about next week, so let me just quickly update you about next week. Um, I'm going to be away. Uh, We've got our ministers and leaders conference, Brother Kenneth is going to be away as well. Brother Stan, I'm not sure. He's going to be away too? Okay. So next week, Brother Drew is going to be preaching for us. Isn't that exciting? He lands, we put him to work. Amen. So come along and support him and get behind him. Amen. Um, Brother Drew, for those of you who aren't aware, is a licensed minister with our church over in Fiji. Amen. So... We are, we're just glad to have him back, amen? Jack of all trades, it was Brother Drew who helped me install all of our sound system up here and put the new soundboard in, all of that. That reminds me, I've got to get you to have a look at it because I think some people have been fiddling with the dials and we're like, wait till Brother Drew gets back, don't touch it. <laughs> I'm going to have to start paying him the amount of work I've got for him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
So I am going to be away next week. What that means is that we are just going to have our main service next week. We're not going to do a life class. We're just going to do our main service, okay? So that means um, we're going to have prayer like at our usual time, prayer at 9.30 till 10, and then we'll have our worship service and then the preaching after that, amen? So make sure you're here in time for that because you don't want to miss out, amen? And uh, I need to put an announcement up on our website in case a visitor shows up just for our main service and finds out that we're nearly done. Praise the Lord. All right, I think that's enough for all of our public service announcements. Let's get back on topic, shall we? Praise the Lord. We've been talking about our identity in Christ. Last week, we spoke about the story of the three Hebrew children and how they, the Babylonians was, were trying to change their identity, amen? They took them out of um, the cities that they were in down in Jerusalem and they tried to conform them to the Babylonian ideal. And the world is much the same. The world tries to get your values first. If it can get your values, then your talents will soon follow. And your abilities and your, your talents and your gifts that God has given you will be used for the kingdom of the enemy instead of the kingdom of God. Amen. And then finally, of course, we spoke about how they changed the three names. They really tried to completely um, overtake the identity of the Hebrew children, amen. And we spoke about how we don't have to accept the labels that the world gives us, amen. We can, we can look at how God labels us. What does God call us? Because ultimately, it's His opinion that counts, amen. 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 It's His opinion that counts. So we're going to continue on this morning, book of Matthew, chapter 25. And uh, we're going to start reading from verse 14. Everyone say amen when you're there. Matthew 25, verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents. Everyone say talents. To another two, to another one. To every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of these servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and bought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he that had received the one talent, everyone say one, came and said, Lord, I know that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. 
His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gatherest where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast ye this unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. We're talking about gifts this morning. Does anyone ever remember the best gift they ever received as a child? Ever remember a Christmas present that just sticks in your mind as like the best present you ever got? I remember. I must have been about 10, maybe 11. My little brother was maybe seven-ish or so, six or seven. Who here remembers Brother Roscoe and Mary C.? A few people, just a few people. Yeah, they've both passed away now, and they they were were getting old when I was growing up. But they came to visit us in the Solomon Islands once, and they bought me and Jonathan, me and Jonathan, me and Nathaniel, my brother, a Christmas present. And it was this really cool truck. And it was like a caterpillar. And it had like 10 tires down the side and 10 tires down that side. And you would turn it on and it would basically climb up anything. You could put anything in front of it and it would sort of climb its way over it. That was like, I felt like that was the best thing I'd ever received up my life up until that point. And I still remember it to that day how much fun we had. I don't, I don't know idea where they went. I imagine we got distracted and... Something else happened and we put them aside and who knows where they are now, right? But that was probably the best gift I've ever received up until my life at that point. I was just so excited to get that. And I think every single one of us can probably remember a time when we've gotten a gift that we really liked. Amen. Amen. Now, the word gift is by definition a thing that is given willingly to someone without payment. Right? That's a gift. You don't get someone a gift and say, okay, here's your gift. Happy birthday. By the way, that was $25. I'll send you a bill. Right? That's not really a gift, is it? You're just buying something from someone. Amen? But I guess in the Bible, we see this word talent here, and the word is synonymous with gift. In other words, this Lord gave these servants gifts. And so I want you to start thinking today is what are the gifts and the talents that have been given to you? And how willingly are you using them for God's kingdom? Amen. Any gift or any ability given through the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of edifying the church. Now, I've spoken about what this word edifying means. Who can remember? Edifying. We get another word that we have in English, where the word edify comes from as well, is edifice. Right? It's like a monument. Right? So when we say that everybody has gifts and everyone has talents, God has given those gifts and our talents so that we can edify the church. Or in other words, so that we can build the church. 
God wants to build His church. Amen? We know that. That's why we're here. And we are a part of that because we are the church. Right? The church is not this building. The church is the individual men, women, boys, and girls that are sitting on chairs today. And God has given each and every one of us talents and abilities and gifts to use to help build that church. Amen? And God brings them together, and this is a little bit about what we spoke about last week, and uses those gifts and those talents to help build the church, to edify the church. God has given every single one of us spiritual power that should be operating in our lives. It is a gift that He intends for us to unwrap. Now, have you ever noticed that um, when you've got a small child, like maybe John's at this stage right now, you give them a present and it's all wrapped up. Have you noticed that kids often seem to be more interested in the paper than they are the actual gift that was wrapped up? Or maybe some of you older kids, how would you feel if you got your child a gift and they didn't open it? And you were like, oh, you can open it. No, I don't want to open it. It's okay. You'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? You'd be like, What's, what, what, open it, open it. It's for you. Please open it. What if um, you got a gift and you got it, gave it to your child and they stuck it up on their bookshelf without unwrapping it? When look at my gift. It's an amazing gift, isn't it? We just, there's just something wrong with that picture, isn't there? We know that when we get a gift, we ought to open it. And when we open it, we use it. We enjoy it. If it's a toy, we play with it. Amen? It's the same thing in God's church. right? God has given us gifts. God has given us talents and abilities. But the problem is, is so often is we go, oh, wow, look at this talent. Look at this gift. Thank you, God. And we stick it on the shelf. And we never unwrap it. And we never use it. And God is like, what is going on? I gave you a gift. I gave you talent. Open it. Unwrap it. Use it. Amen. And so often we're like that. We, we seem to be like little children, maybe more interested in the wrapping or more interested just sticking it on the shelf and not using it. Whereas God always gives us a gift or a talent so that we can use it to help build the kingdom. Not so we can leave it sitting on the shelf and go, look at that great gift that God gave me. No, I'm not going to use it. You know, there's, um, you, ever, you ever see those people who get something and never use it because they don't want to break it? I guess I can appreciate that if it's something expensive, right? But there's just, when you give somebody a gift, you want it to be used, amen? God is no different in that respect. When He gives us a gift, He wants us to be using it for His glory. This is the story that we were reading here in Matthew chapter 25. Each one of these servants was given a gift. They were given a talent and they were told to use that talent that God had given them, amen, to help grow the kingdom of the Lord, to help increase His wealth, amen. And we know that two of them did good, didn't they? One of them had five. He turned around and made it another five. Another one had two and he turned it around and made it too. What that tells me, and maybe we'll get to this a little bit later in our notes, but it doesn't matter the size of the gift that God has given you, as long as you're using it for His glory. But we know that there was one servant who took what his Lord had given him, and what did he do? He dug a hole in the dirt, buried it, and left it there. That's the Bible equivalent of getting a gift from God and sticking it on the shelf. 
mean, you could almost imagine this servant who's going around town. Now, understand, a talent was a lot of money back then. This was not a small gift. It was a big gift. And he had a whole talent. You could imagine him going around town. Well, look at me, you know. My Lord gave me a talent. He's trusted me with a talent. What did you do with it? Oh, well, you know, I, um, I dug it in a hole. Dug a hole and I buried it. Right? That doesn't make sense, does it? And, and he did that because he was afraid. He was afraid because he didn't know what he was going to do with it. See, the question is not whether or not we have a gift. We all have a gift. We've spoken about this. We all have talents. We all have abilities for God's kingdom. So the question is not, do you have a gift? Do you have an ability? Do you have a talent? The question is, what are you doing about it? Are you using it? Hello? Amen? See, here's the thing. God gives us the best gifts. Does anyone? <laughs> I got an uncle. His name's Uncle Austin. He gives good gifts. I like Uncle Austin. Now, I don't get to spend that much time with him these days. I caught up with him briefly on the way to youth camp. Those people who went with me to youth camp. Remember that guy I met in the airport? Right? That was my uncle. That's my Uncle Austin. When I was growing up, man, he gave the best gifts. When I was about 20, 21, you know, I had a birthday over, over in Perth where I was living at the time. And I think someone got me a blanket. That was nice. Someone got me a shirt. That was nice. My Uncle Austin, he got me like a $200 leather jacket. I was like, wow, that's the best gift. That's awesome. Right? And I think everyone has family members, perhaps, who just always get the best gift, right? There's just this auntie or this uncle who just seems to always come up with, like, the most amazing toys for kids and the most amazing gifts, right? Here's the thing about God. God always gives the best gifts. God always gives the best gifts. But the problem is, is that for far, far, far too long, we allow those gifts to remain dormant. We allow those gifts to remain hidden in the earth. And if I had taken that leather jacket that my Uncle Austin had given me and hung it up in the cupboard and went, no, no, I'm not going to wear that. No, 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 it's too, too important. He wouldn't really appreciate that, would he? No, he got it for me because he wanted me to wear it. He wanted to bless me with that. Amen. And it's the same thing with God. God gives us the absolute best gifts. God gives us the best talents and the best abilities and the best things we could possibly ever ask for. And all he asks in return is that we use them. But for far too long, we leave them dormant. We leave them hidden. We leave them buried in the earth. And every now and then, we get reminded that they're there. Amen. Every now and then, maybe it's in a, in a church service and we feel God prompting us to use it. You know, every now and then we might be on the job and we feel God prompting us saying, Hey, you know, you've got an ability, a gift to connect with people. See that person over there, they're hurting. Go and connect with them. And we go, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to dig that gift out yet, God. I'll wait. Amen. We, we might feel it at school. Or any time a need is presented where there's a where God equipped to fulfill. Like last week, I think, or maybe the week before, I said, look, I need some help transporting people on Sunday. I mean, I did five trips that Sunday. Right? And a couple of people, I've got a car, it's a gift, I can use that. 
It's a gift. It's a talent. It's something God has given us, and we can use that for His kingdom. Amen? And so anytime we have these, God comes to us. He tells us time and time and time again to use what He has given us, to use the gifts and the talents that He has blessed us with. But so often our response is, well, maybe later, God. And we're very good at coming up with excuses for God. Well, I'm not really able to do this right now. I've got a lot on my plate right now. I had a really rough week this week. I got a lot of bills to pay. I need to do this. It's like Moses, when God is speaking to Moses, saying, Hey, I have called you to go and release my children from bondage, to leave them out of slavery. He's like, I can't talk very well. I'm not really well equipped. Don't you know they tried to kill me when I was down there last time? Over and over again. And so often that's our response as well in the kingdom of God. God gives us abilities and talents. And he says, hey, come on, I want you to use this. There's a need here. There's a place where you can serve. There's an opportunity for you to use your gifts and your talents. There's an opportunity to use what God has blessed you with. And we go, no, I can't do it right now. Maybe next week, God. Maybe when I'm a little bit older. Maybe when I'm closer to God. Maybe when I know God a little bit more. Maybe when I'm not angry with the pastor. Maybe when I've got a good place going on at home. Maybe when I've got room in my house and it's clean, then I can do a home Bible study. You see what I mean? We come up with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And and God is there saying, I just want you to use the gift. Amen? Praise the Lord. We are faced with many opportunities to use the gifts that God has given us. And I think it's so sad, especially when I look at some of our young people, when God gives us gifts and the talents, and we always think we're not ready to do it yet. I will wait. And they wait. And people wait. And they enter into their early 20s, and they wait. 25, they wait. 30s, they wait. 36, they wait. I'm still not ready. 45, they wait. 55, they wait. 65, like, oh, yeah, you know what? I could use that, God, but they're too old by then. Hello? Here's the thing. God gives us talents and abilities and the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Amen. And so we should not wait for God. We should not wait until we feel like we are qualified to use the gifts and the talents that God has given us. This goes back to what we spoke about in the first week. Where does that come from? It comes from a person who's not secure in their identity with God. Because God gives us talents and abilities and our gifts and He commands us to use it. And we stop and we go, I'm not worthy. Surely there's someone better qualified than me. But the point is, is that God gave the gift to you. So use it. Amen. If God gave you a gift, don't you think he knows your life better than you? Don't you think he values you? Don't you think he's got a plan for your life? That gift, that talent, that ability that God has given you is there so you can fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Someone say praise the Lord this morning. So often, we underestimate the gifts that have been placed inside of us. Amen? And what are some of the reasons that people choose to do this? It's interesting, isn't it? I'm not special enough. I'm not good enough. There's other people more qualified than me. There's other people who look better, sound better, smell better. Everything about them is better than me. We call that comparison. And this is one of the reasons why I think people don't like to use their gifts. 
is they look at somebody else and they look at their life and they go, well, if I could just be like that person, then I could use my talents. Then I could use my gifts. It also works in reverse. We look at other people and we judge them. Well, sheesh, they're not using their abilities. They're not using their talents. They're not using what God has given them to do. Amen. And so we compare ourselves to one another. We look at our lives. We look at the mistakes we've made, the flaws that we have, and we think we're not worthy. But the reality is, is that when you compare yourself, the Bible says, he that compares themselves among themselves, you're not wise. And when you're looking at other people and other people's walk with God and other people's relationship with God, you suddenly realize that you might not have it all together, but that doesn't matter. Because they're not the ones who gave you the gift. God is the one that gives you the gift. And so we need to learn to get our eyes off one another and look to Jesus and go, well, you tell me what I'm worth. You tell me what my purpose is. You tell me where to use my gifts and my talents and my abilities. And don't worry about what others are doing. Comparison. I think another reason comparison is a problem is that we think our gifts is, in, is not as good as other people's gifts. I wonder if... The person who got two talents stopped and had a look at the guy who got five talents. And went, man, why didn't I get five talents? I don't think he did. How did I know that? Because he went out and focused on what God had given him. Maybe that was the problem with the guy who got one talent. He looked at the guy who got five, looked at the guy who got two, and went, oh, clearly they're better than me. Clearly, the Lord doesn't trust me as much, so He hasn't given me the abilities or given me the talents or given me the means. But the reality is, is it doesn't matter what ability or what gift God has gifted you with. It's all important in the kingdom of God. So if your ability and your talent is to come behind here and speak publicly to the church and preach God's word, that's great. But that doesn't make you any more or any less important than the person who's playing the piano. Or any more or any less important than the person who's running the lyrics at the back of the room. Or any more or any less important than the person who's opening the door at the front of the church. Every single gift and ability in the eyes of God is valued equally because he puts them all together to build his church. Amen. Comparison. Your gift is not less superior than anyone else's gift. And your gift is not better than anyone else's gift. Amen. As far as God is concerned, he's put us all together for a purpose. And everybody has a role to play. Amen. Praise the Lord. Comparison. What other reasons? I think fear is another one. What will people say if I fail? You know, I remember my very, very, very first ever youth conference I ever preached at. It was in New Guinea. And I think it was the district uh, superintendent or the district presbyter rang my dad up in Goroker. And said, hey, Brother Gratian, do you think Jason would be willing to come and preach our youth camp? You know what my dad said? He said, yes, he's willing. It's done. He's coming. I didn't get an option. He just came to me and said, hey, guess what? You're preaching the youth camp down in Port Moresby in three or four months' time. Fear. I was like, oh, my Lord, what am I going to say? What are people going to think? I can't preach. So I said, well, how often am I going to have to preach? They said, well, you'll have to preach twice. 
I was like, okay, I can do twice, Brother Isaac. So I prayed, and I fasted, and I studied, and I wrote my notes down, and I got down there. I was ready to preach twice, and they said, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. You actually have to preach four times. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? People are going to laugh at me. I'm not going to have anything intelligent to say by the time I get to my fourth time. So I got up there and I preached. My first message, I preached for about 40 minutes. It was a good message. People came to the altar. God filled people with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. Preached my second message. I preached for 30 minutes, Brother Kenneth. People came down to the altar. They prayed. God filled people with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. There was just such a great presence of the Lord. Got to my third message. I preached for 20 minutes. I'm running out of stuff by now. I mean, I've got a whole Bible, and I'm like, Lord, I can't find anything intelligent to say in here. What's going on? Preach for 20 minutes. People still came to the altar. People got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. Last time, got up to preach. I preached for 10 minutes. I'm really running dry on stuff to say now. I'm like trying to rehash my notes and see if I can come up with another message from my original set of notes. You know what happened? People still came to the front. People still got filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether we are afraid of whether or not we're going to fail. That comes when we're getting our identity and our security from the people around us. But when you look to the, look to the Lord and you put your eyes on Him and you just say, Well, God, here's what ability and talent I do have. I'm going to give it to you and just do my best as unto the Lord, the Bible tells us. He is the one that then makes up the difference. And even though I felt like I'd fallen flat on my face, the reality was is that when God gets whatever ability and whatever talent we have, and we give it to Him and say, well, God, I'm going to give it to you anyway, such as it is, all of a sudden God can use that for His kingdom. Amen? Someone say, praise the Lord. So fear, fear of failure, fear of looking bad, fear of what other people might say. Amen? We shouldn't be afraid. I think another reason why people bury their gifts is insecurity. Maybe, maybe they failed in some part of their walk with God. And now they feel like I'm not worthy to do that. I'm not worthy to use my gift. Amen. We've had, we've, I've had that happen. People have come to me and gone, oh, Pastor, I can't do that anymore. Why not? Oh, well, I've let God down. That's not an excuse to stop using your gift. What you need to do is get to the altar, repent, say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. God will forgive you. You move on. You keep using your gift. You change your life. You become a new creation again. Amen. God washes you, cleanses you, forgives you. You move on. You keep using your gifts. Keep using your talents. Amen. The problem is, is when we keep going back to that sin. That's a problem. That's when you've got to go, okay, Lord, I really need help here. Amen. But too often we are so insecure that the moment we fail God, we just go, okay, God, I'm not doing anything anymore. That's not what God wants. God does not want you to retreat back into your shell and say, well, I failed you, God. I can't do anything for you ever again. You know, I've, I've told some of you before some of the mistakes I've made. I mean, I, I'm my poor boss. I've cost my boss thousands of dollars in mistakes I've made. You know, I, I lost like six grand a couple months ago. Anyone here lost $6,000 recently? <laughs> How do you think my boss would feel if I said, oh, boss, I'm not coming to work today? Why not? Are you sick? No, not sick. 
I just, look, I messed up yesterday, so I can't come. That's rubbish, isn't it? We don't do that at work. We make a mistake. We just go, okay, I made a mistake. I own up. I'm going to fix it as best as I can. But I'm not going to keep coming to work because I've got to live. I've got to put food on the table, amen. When we are insecure like that, it causes us to bury our gifts. And that doesn't please God. He wants us to use our gifts that He has given us, amen. But the reality is, is even though there are a variety of reasons why we bury our gifts, just as the servant hid his and was punished, we can expect the same today. God wants to tell us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. He wants us to use what he has given us to grow his kingdom. Someone say praise the Lord. So God has given us gifts. He's given us gifts that are both spiritual and gifts that are natural. And he hasn't given either of them to us just to sit on a shelf and admire. He hasn't given them to us to hide away in secret because of fear. But He has given us these gifts, these abilities, these talents to use them to help people who are hurting, to help people who are hungry, and to encourage His people. And so it does not matter who has the most talent. It does not matter who has the most gifts. It doesn't matter who is the most skillful. It doesn't matter who sounds the best or looks the best or or anything like that. What matters is, are you using what God has given you? Are you using what God has given you? Will you use your gifts when God prompts you to pray for somebody at work? Will you use your gifts when someone comes down to the front and begins to pray and God says, go pray for that person? Will you use your gifts when God prompts you to use your influence at work to make a godly decision? Will you use your gifts when God gives you insight into someone else's life, a need that they might have? Or are you going to rationalize it and think of the risk and and soon enough the chance passes by? We've all been there. I've been there. Or I felt God prompting saying, go speak to that person. Say this. Talk to them. And we go, oh, yeah, God, I'm, I'm a little busy at the moment, you know. And next thing you know, it's done. It's gone. We missed it. Should have done something about it. But it's gone. Amen. So will you allow your gifts to remain unused? Or will you use them? See, God gives us our gifts for a purpose. He gives us opportunity. He equips us. For ministry, both inside and outside of the church. And here's the reality. The church needs your gifts now. It doesn't need your gifts 20 years from now. It doesn't need your gifts when you think you're ready. The church needs your gifts now. The church needs your abilities now. It needs your abilities to solve problems. It needs your abilities to think outside the box. It needs your energy. It needs your drive. It needs your professional experience. So much of what I'm learning, there is so much crossover between my job out at Fuji Xerox and my work here. Because I learn things at work that I apply in here. And I learn things here that I apply over there. Amen. And God's given me those gifts and those abilities and those talents to help me do my job well over there. But at the same moment, I can use them here. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. And so God gives us a gifts for a purpose. See, so many of us, we're very successful in what we do, right? We work, some of us work very successful jobs, amen? And, and God has given us these talents and these abilities. Shouldn't we give them back to Him in service to His kingdom, amen? See, here's the thing. Another important thing about gifts before we wrap up. You ever notice that it's often not the recipient who receives the most joy from a gift, but rather the giver? I'll never forget the day. I don't know if my brother listens to this podcast or not, because this is all getting recorded. So maybe he'll listen to this, maybe he won't. My brother loves soccer, football, soccer. What do we call it? We call it soccer, don't we? Where's, where's, my, where's my resident football? There is soccer here, isn't it? Yeah. My, my little brother loves soccer. Absolutely loves soccer. And we were living in Sydney, and he had never gone to see a Socceroos game live. Never. And he found out that Australia, the Socceroos, was playing, I think it was Iraq or something like that. And they were playing in Sydney. And my brother didn't have a job at the time. He was studying. He just couldn't afford the tickets. So I went out. I got him tickets, Brother Kenneth, for him and me. It was all I could afford. I couldn't take all of us because it was too expensive. So I took just me and my little brother. I got him tickets. And I got the tickets. I printed them out. And I came home from work one day and I said, Hey, Nate, I've got a gift for you. And I gave him the tickets. Now, you've got to understand, my brother is actually vision impaired. He can't see very well. And he got the tickets and he was holding them up. And he was looking at these tickets. And he had wanted so desperately to go to this game. And he was looking at the tickets and he just, he realized what they were and he said, these are tickets to the game. And I said, yes, that's right. And he burst into tears. He was so excited about getting this. He started crying. I stopped crying now. I started crying. Sister Janie started crying. And we're all sitting in the middle of our lounge room with our arms around each other. We're all crying because we're all so happy. And I got so much joy from doing that. It literally made my day. We went out and got yellow and gold face paint and painted ourselves up and went all crazy. And, and then it was like no score for the first like 90 minutes. It was like the 93rd minute when they scored. It was like, oh, wow. Could have gotten like a few more goals. You know, we came all this way. <laughs> right? But it was so much joy when I gave him that gift. And you see, God is the same. God has given us talents. God has given us abilities and when we turn around and we use them for the kingdom of God it brings so much joy to the heart of God to see his children saying I'm going to use what God has given me to bring glory to him to bring honor to his name so it doesn't matter what you've got doesn't matter what your ability is doesn't matter what other people think of your abilities and your talents and your gifts the question is, as you all stand this morning, is what are you doing with your gift? Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand? God is the kind of gift giver that waits with anticipation 
as he hands over a wrapped package. You know, when, when Jonathan gives a birthday present to somebody else, he'll hand it over to them and he'll be so excited. He'll want to start ripping the paper off the gift himself just to help the person in case they can't do it fast enough. God is kind of the same. He gives us a gift and he gives us a talent. And he's like sitting here like this, come on, open it up. Open, let me help you. He's like that. I want you to use it. I want you to use it. Amen. So what kind of abilities and talents has God given you that you can use for the kingdom of God? Praise the Lord. Why don't we just close our eyes? Let's just begin to talk to the Lord together right now. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.